Welcome to the Reality Revolution. Today, I'm so excited to read another quote channeling. This one is addressing burnout, spiritual burnout. How do we deal with it? How do we get our inspiration back after we've gone through a period of burnout? I know I've experienced this and many more have as well. And I'm interested to hear what Quo has to say about it. Quo is a group of higher density beings channeled by LL Research that answer spiritual questions. And I have found great resonance with their teachings. As they advise, if it doesn't make any sense or you don't like it, then just forget about it. But oftentimes you will find great wisdom in their words. We begin with a channeling delivered on April 21st, 1996. Traveling the spiritual path, it seems that many get burned out. After a while, we would like to know what it is that burns out. Our inspiration, our desire, our will, what is it? And what is the best thing to do to get our inspiration again? What is the wisdom of resting along the path? We are those of the principle known to you as Quo. We greet you in the love and in the infinite light of the one infinite creator. We thank you for calling us to your group this beautiful day. Your springtime has cycled around again. That time of expanding light and even in the purely physical illusion your colors bloom and blossom, rejoicing in the increase of light. There is the palpable lifting of vibrations among your peoples as the light increases in its daily amount each of your days. The self-aware life of your planet actually increases in its fidelity to the original thought. As the light increases, so does remembrance of love increase. This is as a blossoming on the metaphysical plane. So springtime redounds very much to the finer densities and is not at all simply a surface phenomenon. Indeed, each individual, each kind of thing has its seasons and its cycles of being. And for the spiritual seeker, such cycles are to be expected. We do not wish to forget to remind each, as always, not to take our words as those of authority, but as those of fellow seekers, fellow wanderers upon the spiritual path. We are not infallible. Indeed, no source is infallible. For to speak is to err. It is only possible to approximate understanding or truth at the level of which words and symbols have meaning. Truth lies behind all appearance. This includes the finer densities as well. As we ponder how to discuss this interesting topic, we find ourselves moving to the consideration of that which is the essence of each individual seeker. That essence is, in all cases, the perfect vibration of love which is the great original thought, distorted in a way, chosen by the individual into patterns which are unique to that individual, so that each entity is congruent with each other entity and at the same time and antithetically, each individual is entirely separate and different from any other. For truly, as with the snowflakes, there are no two entities just alike. Just as each entity has the fingerprint that is unique to it, so the individual spark of consciousness that has coalesced into the sub-sub-logos, that is each seeker, that coalesced entity has its unique soul print or signature of self. This means that each entity has, in addition to the commonly held cycles of time, of seasons and so forth, additional cycles unique to that one individual. There are tendencies that are common to seekers 
but in the deepest sense each individual seeker must chart its own cycles and come to penetrate the mystery of those cycles for himself. For that which is perfect for another is not likely to be the optimum way of dealing with these spiritual cycles for the self. One can pick up many good tips, good tools, and resources to use in searching out the deeper truths of one's nature. But one always must depend upon that discriminatory faculty that lies within the self. This power of discrimination is not a passive power entirely. That which fuels the power of discrimination lies within the precinct of the deep mind and can be seen as potential memory. In other words, implicit within the essence of self, truth articulated within what you would call your past lies stored not only the universal spiritual truths, but also and more importantly the way in which these spiritual truths have come to have meaning for the infinite entity which is your consciousness. Much, much work has been done by the being that you are. Much has been stored within the subconscious. These potential memories lie as hidden treasure. The key to that treasure is the process of affirming the self that begins with silence, with meditation, with the opening within of the door to that inner sanctum, that holy of holies, where beyond time and beyond space, you, the consciousness, dwell within the Creator in an eternal tabernacle of adoration, praise, and thanksgiving. Within the archetypical self lies this deep identity, and it is into this portion of this identity that you wish to move. From this sacred place comes the faculty of recognition of that which is your own. When we or another speaks to you in ways that resonate with that deep faculty of discrimination, it is as though that potential memory has been given permission to move into the conscious planetary self, which is your waking personality. The use of meditation, silence, and the practices of contemplation that are various to open the avenue from the deep mind to the conscious, temporal, incarnational mind that is in cooperation with infinite consciousness, living and giving structure to the living within your illusion. Each entity will have fairly regular cycles of enthusiasm and a lack of enthusiasm. Now each has been calling this lack of enthusiasm burnout. And this is one name for the point in the cycle in which the seeker feels unexcited. The truth of the essence of the self is not much connected to these seasons of enthusiasm and seasons of burnout. That which each is learning can be processed by the self which puts itself into the silence regardless of the emotional weather taking place at the surface of the mind. For even in a stormiest ocean, the movement beneath the surface is far profounder and far less obvious. And this is also true of the deeper processes of consciousness. You are learning in season and out of season. And what you do in terms of emotional response to surface condition is actually relatively unimportant. If in season and out of season you simply remember in a non-dramatic way who you are and what you seek. You do not have to wax poetic to be a seeker. You do not have to sustain enthusiasm to do your work as a healer. It is not necessary for each day to be a carbon copy of each other day in terms of a rule of life. Each seeker will need to adjust its rule of life according to its surface weather, its felt needs at the level of the surface, at the level of time and space, and connections within the illusion. It is not only satisfactory but recommended that each alter the rule of life as needs, hungers, and desires are felt. Let us attempt to clarify this. 
Just because one has ceased to feel enthusiasm for a given practice that does not suffice as a reason to alter the practice. As long as one is not hungering for another specific practice, it is well to be persistent in enthusiastic weather and in the reverse weather alike. However, as long as the seeker moves into that listening, that silent listening regularly, the seeker can feel fairly confident that it will have the inspiration and the desire to alter its practice when the alteration is appropriate. If an alternate practice then moves the seeker by all means, let the seeker alter its practice in accordance with this new enthusiasm. But when the nature is simply dry and the spirit feels isolated, arid, and generally in the desert, spiritually, this is the time to persist. This is the time to ask of the self that in memory of those deeply held desires that still seem fair, though the yearning is missing, it is extremely well done to rely upon those memories. And in the absence of another practice, continue with the practice that has seemed fair up until this point. This instrument would suggest that it has said in the past it is easier to find a good job if you already have a job. In seeking also, it is well to persist and to be loyal to a practice that affects daily life and causes the self to come into remembrance of the Creator regularly, inevitably, daily. So if there is the practice that no longer feels new, this is still an acceptable practice. Those periods of regular silence and asking are all important for the Creator and you together have crafted an elegant plan for your incarnation. All those things that are needed for learning and for service have been prepared. Thusly, it is to the entity that has learned to abide that the fruits of a deeper contentment and a deeper commitment may come. There is an art to seeking the will of the one infinite Creator. That art is grounded in the faith that you do have a proper path. And we do say to each that each does have a very appropriate path. Now each path is open to the free will of the individual, but as that path unfolds, each will be unable to avoid following the path, for it is not a straight path. It is often a roundabout and complex path, but all variations of your path lead you to the infinite love of the one infinite creator. No matter what general permutations of your path you choose, you still are upon your path, for the path is more a journey of self than a journey within time and space. These concepts are almost impossible to share using your language. We apologize if we seem to be vague, but it is deeply so. We believe that you cannot ruin your path. You cannot fail to continue to have constant feedback from all experience that offers a constant and self-renewing source of catalyst to the self. In the terms of movement, there are times it feels well to race upon one's path, and then we urge your feet to have wings. The cycle will contain those times when the body of emotions has been beaten, and it needs to rest and recover. And in those times, there will be the pausing upon the path. But all the various moods that consist in the emotional weather of self are acceptable. We would at this time transfer this contact to the one known as Jim. We leave this instrument in love and in light. We are those of Quo. Jim Channeling. We are those of Quo and we greet each of you again in love and in light through this instrument. At this time we would ask if there are further queries to which we may attempt to speak. Question. Could you give me a suggestion as to how I can maintain the silence when I sit down to meditate? When we are asked to join any entity such as yourself in the meditative state, 
It is our ability and our honor to attempt to blend our vibrations with yours in a fashion which tends to reduce the peaks and valleys of alertness, the beta waves of your brain's working. This allows the perceived environment to move by your notice in a much more peaceful fashion. It is as though we were taken upon the back of your brain activity and given the opportunity to ride the waves, bringing each more nearly to the point of harmony or that which would be seen as more of a ripple than a wave in the physical sense. When we do this blending of vibrations, we tend to work from the violet ray or the crown chakra to the heart chakra and work with the reservoir of accumulated love that is the essence of your being by blending our love vibrations with yours and aiding the opening of the meditative state or the reduction of the conscious state. We then hope to offer a more calm and peaceful environment in which you may practice of the one infinite creator. The responsibility that you and we share in this blending of vibrations is the responsibility to use this blending in service to others. Whatever essence or kernel of love you may feel and connections you may make in your own understanding is a fruit, shall we say, that may be of service to others as you put it to work in your own life pattern. The same is true for us. Is there a further query? Question, I want to know how to deal with a person at work that I often seem to battle with. How do I keep from battling? I am quo and we may comment. We are aware that this other wishes to be confrontive and gain the upper hand in each encounter so that there is a system of dominance established. And when you are required to be in this entity's presence, it is difficult to refrain from engaging in the conflict which this entity appears to enjoy with not only yourself but others as well. There are many, many kinds of personalities which have formed around free will and individual expression of this will. It is inevitable that there will be conflict and confusion. For the free will expression of personal identity is an activity that third density entities are liable to use with or without discrimination. And yet the expression of this free will is central to all choices made and most importantly, central to the choice of polarity that is the gift of this density. Thus, each entity is in its own way attempting to carve out that vehicle of personality that shall carry it to those places it wishes to go. There is, however, as you are well aware, with acute sensitivities intact, much of friction or wasted energy, it would seem that occurs when entities inhabit an area of work that is the place where the personality shall find its fullest play, and the play of more than one personality conflicts with others. This is the very stuff of your density, my brother, for whether the interactions are long or short, intense or not, there is always the opportunity to give love for whatever is received from another. Each instance offering a certain degree of difficulty, yours being more challenging than most for you at this time. Yet we can assure each entity that each personality and opportunity to interact with them is given in a way that is possible to achieve, to give love rather than conflict. We can only suggest to each entity that the meditative state be used as often as possible in order to return one's own desires and intentions to the proper tuning. As you have observed previously this day, it is difficult to be vulnerable. When one is wishing to give love and acceptance in place of any conflict offered to the self, one is placing oneself in a vulnerable position, for there is not the attempt made to protect. To protect is the more common or natural response from entities who are working their way towards understanding. 
It is not easy, as you are well aware, yet it is always possible, and it is for the possibility of such a breakthrough that efforts are made. Is there a further query? Question. Sometimes I wish to serve and find no one to serve. It is very frustrating. Do you ever find yourself in such a position? We have a great desire, as you have, to be of service to others. However, we are somewhat more accomplished at feeling the opportunities and answering in a manner which is appropriate, for it is always possible for us to simply send the vibrations of love, light, and healing to those who are in pain and who call for such healing with their anguish. It is not so easy for you to do this, yet it is also possible, if this is a ministry that one would wish to take upon one's shoulders. There are many entities that one meets in the daily round of activities, and even the smallest smile or offer of assistance can mean much to any entity. To give even the smallest amount of time and energy to another is to assist. To wish to assist is to lighten the vibrations of this planet. By the simple desire to serve another in love, rather than to bring difficulty and grief to another through machinations of the mind and the random thoughts that accompany such random desire. Thus, the tuning of one's own mind-spirit-body complex in the desire to be of service to others is in itself and in its essence a service. Where there is desire to serve, there is always the opportunity to serve. We now move to a channeling delivered on January 16th, 2005. This week, quote, we'd like to ask if you could elaborate upon the pitfalls or distractions that the seeker of truth might run into when the seeking is new, and if there is any other type of distraction or pitfall that occurs on in the path of the seeker. Please give us a general rundown of what to be aware of as one is seeking what is loosely called the truth. Carla Channeling, we are those of the principle known to you as Quo, and we greet you in the love and light of the one infinite creator in whose service we come to you this day. It is a great privilege to be called to your group, and we are most happy to speak to you about the pitfalls and distractions of the spiritual path. But we would first, as always, like specifically to request each of you that you retain the ability to discriminate very carefully as you listen to our thoughts, choosing only those thoughts that really seem good to you, with which you wish to work further and discarding the rest immediately. In this way, we will feel more confident that we will not interfere with your free will or disturb the sacredness of your own process. In asking concerning the pitfalls and the distractions to which one is attempting to follow a path of spirituality is prey, you ask a fairly broad question. The spiritual path in itself is an amazingly broad thoroughfare carrying as it does every being of third density as it attempts to walk between two worlds. The world of third density consensus reality and the inner world that sometimes completely overtakes the outer world for its importance and clarity. For the most part, entities who are not consciously walking a spiritual path stay comfortable within third density and enjoy the various images and illusions that pass before the eye, as the one known as G was saying earlier. It is a comfortable and a familiar thing to pass from image to image as one rises and goes through the day following the employment, following the need for the body for meals and refreshment and for sleep. It is a less comfortable and sometimes frighteningly less familiar thing to follow a spiritual path. And each entity steps onto this path from a misty somewhere before the thought crossed the mind that there was an actual spiritual path. So this broad spiritual path is home to all of you. Each foot in this room has kicked the dust of that path and that dust has similarly been kicked by every human being on the planet at one time or another. 
So there is a vast variety of attitudes from those who enter the path of spirit. Consequently, there are various kinds of pitfalls. Let us approach this question from the standpoint of a model to use to see if you indeed are on the spiritual path. The model of the self on the spiritual path is a model which you are focusing upon the I that you are. There are many uses of the first person singular. When you think of yourself, you don't always think of yourself as the same self. When you are thinking of yourself as a spiritual entity on a path, who are you? Who is the I that speaks for you when you are on the spiritual path? How would that voice, that identity, that person be different from the I that speaks for you in less thoughtful roles? Hopefully, as you begin to sense yourself as a spiritual entity, the I that speaks for you begins to come out of the mist of the surface, I, the surface personality. The model that this instrument carries in her mind of the entity on the spiritual path is a model in which she is following in the steps of Jesus the Christ. She does not have a model of herself as worshiping, but as a following after the example of a teacher who seemed to know precisely who he was. He identified himself as an agent of the Creator. This instrument then has a model of the self on the spiritual path in which she has an objective referent to who she is because she is following an entity who was of a certain personality. This entity identified himself strictly as the son of the father who was about his father's business. And it is notable that this entity in all of his preaching has never been quoted as asking for worship, but only as asking for being followed. So we would ask entities who are looking at themselves upon the spiritual path quite simply, who are you? Because this is the essential center of that which draws entities to the path of seeking. They become aware that all of the wisdom that has been acquired since the cradle experience is not enough to satisfy the craving for identity and meaning. They realize that they are going to have to set off on a journey. It is not a journey in the physical world at all, but it is very definitely a journey and it is very definitely upon a path that is common to all seekers. Pitfalls for the new entity to the path can involve impatience and that reaching and grasping that are the indication of impatience. These are not difficulties that will end or sideline the spiritual seeking for an entity, but such impatience does get in the way of a creation that is set to respond to your needs, but in a timely fashion. This means sometimes that one must wait. It is very difficult to wrap one's mind around the necessity for simple waiting. The one known as Jim was speaking earlier of his delight at finding the time during the off-season of his work to sit and soak in the silence allowing the creation to speak as it would to him. This willingness to let oneself drift in the flow of the moment is a great resource for all seekers. The entity Jim spoke of sitting at sundown and allowing the light slowly gradually to fade away, listening to the sounds of the creatures of the day as they quieted down and listening to the creatures of the night begin to sing their night song and just allowing all of this creation to roll past his eyes and his ears and walking into his abode at the end of that time, feeling curiously invigorated and refreshed. This model of patience is a great one to carry. Realize that when a spiritually oriented question is asked within, the answer may come in the next 15 seconds, but it also may come two weeks or two months later. Energies have been set in motion that now must be trusted. Moving from the question to the trusting and the waiting is a great skill to learn. When you sense impatience within yourself, Gently remind yourself that in spiritual seeking there is no time. As the seeker becomes more sophisticated, as learning builds upon learning, the pitfalls of the path can change. If you are one of those who feels that she 
has had some experience walking this path, realize that your pitfall may well be knowing too much or feeling that you understand. There's truly no end to the evolving self. As things fall away from you and you become more able to penetrate deeper within your consciousness, you will repeatedly find that you need to release concepts from their stricture. You need to be able to allow new insight to change your carefully built up intelligence about yourself and the world around you. Do not hold on to your identity or your knowledge in the face of new information. Rather, place aside that which you feel that you know and enter fully into the investigation of that which resonates for you. Do not see it as something that challenges your information, but rather see it as something that may well help you evolve and put into a whole new pattern the information that is still good for you. When experience mounts up, it is as though some entities were carrying around their entire history of experience and attempting to add everything new in on top of this large pile of acquired information from childhood and previous years. It is a good idea to keep that cup of selfhood tipped out and emptied so that it may receive new wine, new information. There is a certain amount of pride that entities take sometimes in how many things that they have learned, how many books they have read or philosophies that they have studied or religious systems that they have penetrated and can speak about. This kind of pride is often a very deadening influence and we would encourage entities always to relate as simply and as directly as possible to ideas, to patterns of thought, and above all to entities around one who may be attempting to enter into conversations concerning spiritual matters. In a world that rushes continuously on so many levels, we would encourage a truly relaxed and light-hearted attitude towards the very serious business of seeking. This instrument is typical of many upon the spiritual path in that she has a built-in yearning and hunger for devotion. She must be devoted. She must be serving. She has this sense of almost being driven to be as the one known as Jesus, the agent of the Creator. It is good to have that back pressure. It is not a good thing to allow that pressure to make you hurry or hasten or become anxious. Allow that back pressure to continue to motivate you. But if it motivates you beyond the point at which you are patient and have a sense of proportion and humor concerning your path, then you've entered into that particular pitfall of eagerness and hurriedness. What that will do to you if you allow it to drive you is to do more and more, to try more disciplines, to add a meditation if you haven't been doing a daily one, then add another one, then make that one longer and so forth. The end of such pressured seeking is that you burn out as a seeker and must sit by the side of the spiritual path for a while, mopping your brow and breathing. It sometimes takes years for a burnt out seeker to recover his balance completely and to be able to get back into a real process that feels yeasty and good. Walking the path is not a difficult thing. It is more a matter of its being a journey for the one who is ready for a long trek. In most paths available in third density, there is a beginning, a middle, and an end. There is the learning process. There is the point in the middle in which you are working very hard and you are becoming better and that culminates with a job well done, a degree of education earned, a promotion at work, and so forth. In the spiritual path, death is only the beginning. There is no endings. There are many, many beginnings and there is no end of the middle. You are always in the middle of the spiritual path. Perhaps the greatest gift is to know that you know nothing and that you will indeed fall into many pitfall and yet it will not take you off the path. You cannot get lost beyond finding 
and if you do not need to rest even there at the side of the road you have company as to the distractions that are possible on the spiritual path there is no end of distraction but this is true only if you are of the mind to see things as either spiritual or worldly if you make a demarcation between those two parts of earthly existence everything that is not specifically dedicated study will be seen as in some way a distraction however we would suggest to you that all things that a spiritually oriented entity does are spiritual going to the bathroom doing the dishes taking out the garbage feeding the cat these commonplace and everyday chores are necessary and cannot be construed to have any obvious spiritual characteristics and yet this instrument for example finds ways to invest each of these activities with an awareness that is spiritual in its character what part of your day do you feel honestly is a distraction and only that what thing that you do can you say has no spiritual value if you can identify some of those items that can be seen as distractions perhaps you could sit down and contemplate whether there's a way you might invest those chores with the sacred character that comes from service from love and from an awareness of who the self is in the spiritual sense in our opinion there is no true distraction to an entity whose heart is set upon the creator because each and every action available to an entity for choice has the potential for being seen in a spiritual light one aspect of the spiritual path that we would mention before we would open the meeting to questions would be the simple aspect of silence versus sound emptiness versus content for those upon the spiritual path within your culture are coming to that path from a culture very rich in content it is interesting to note that within all of this content critics of the culture often comment on the emptiness of that content the illusion that it creates and the illusory nature of the image after image after image that creates the content whether the medium of such images in the television the radio the newspaper or the computer a very great portion of the world has cultural influences that lead it more to the appreciation of silence which seems to lack content and yet which contains infinite meaning in your content-rich culture meaning itself is often lost consequently if you are of the nature that appreciates content we suggest that you choose your content for truly there are many pitfalls if you would speak of it in that way for those who are attempting to derive meaning from the surface aspects of your culture as seen on the television or read in the newspaper do not fall into the pitfall of assigning too much meaning to those things that are on the surface allow meaning to be a mystery and silence to be your teacher we thank you for this question and feel that we perhaps have spoken long enough upon it at this time we would open the meeting to further questions if there are any is there a further query at this time question quote i have a lengthy one and i apologize for its length but hopefully its answer should be simple and it's easier to read straight from the paper quote as i move forward in my path i'm experiencing a phenomenon that can be described as the light growing lighter and the dark growing darker I feel I'm experiencing the streams of what can conveniently be described as a spectrum of feeling. On one hand, I feel strength, vitality, and the spiritual perception increase in moments where basically all the spiritual literature that points to the truth not only makes sense to me, but becomes alive, a living, flowing reality. And subsequently, I feel more empowered through self-knowledge to call upon and invoke the higher forces to transform the lower self of me. On the other hand, I feel ever more acutely the shadow side of myself, one with seemingly more venomous reactions to situations that create a souring and bittering within me. 
What I don't know is whether a shadow is growing more strongly in me as I reach for the light because I am neglecting to be conscious of certain aspects of my patterns, or whether it is a case of simply becoming more aware of a shadow that is already within me and has been within me, alive and functioning without my conscious awareness to transform its ways. Can you help me to understand whether it is awareness of what is already there or the further creation of distorted thinking within my mind? We are those of Quo, and we are aware of your query, my brother. The concept of the shadow self is very helpful in attempting to walk into your own shoes as a being. It is difficult to wrap oneself around this idea of a shadow self. Perhaps if we call it a full circle self, it might be easier to see the construction of the being here. Because each of us, we and you, are beings that replicate all aspects of the creation and the creator. By the time you have reached the third density, you have done a tremendous amount of amalgamation of experience. You've been elemental. You've been a plant. You have been an animal. You have been an animal with a conscience, basically, and you strive to go further. And we have become even more refined by experience, yet we carry the full circle self just as you. What is there in creation? Whatever you see, that's you. Any murderer on the block is you. Any thief on the dock is you. Any hero who has just saved the world is you. You are the soldier. You are the breadwinner. You are the mother bearing a child. You are everything. And you don't get to choose whether you have good in you or bad in you, so-called. You have it all. The strictures and disciplines of the parent for the child attempt to train the child up so that he will behave well and you have learned to behave well, loving good, seeking the light. You have more and more been able to place yourself in situations and in environments where you are able to live in the sunny side of self, enjoying service and learning and devotion. And these things about you and about all entities are true. However, equally true is that self does not get encouragement from virtue. You still have that. You will always have that. It is part of the strength of who you are that you have that. You would not be able to be a full person to move forward without the full circle self. Nothing is left behind as you evolve. It becomes arranged in a more and more helpful way as you learn to balance yourself, chakra by chakra, issue by issue, and moment by moment. You are always in flux, so these moments where you become aware of that so-called evil part of yourself come and go. And it is sometimes quite disconcerting to become aware of particularly articulate and eloquently angry or irritated thoughts. You feel yourself thinking a hateful thought which isn't fair at all, and certainly would never be said aloud, and you would wonder where that came from and if the evil within you is somehow growing. We assure you it is not growing. It was always there. It chose this particular moment to reveal itself, and this is a gift to you of self to self. Take it seriously, look at it carefully, and see if you can where the trigger lay that brought forward this particular part of yourself. May we answer you further, my brother? No, thank you, Quo. That was excellent. We thank you, my brother. Is there a further query at this time? I've had a question that I've been thinking about for some time. If I wanted to recover all the knowledge and wisdom of all lifetimes that I had, how would I do that? We are those of Quo and are aware of your query, my brother. You're asking this query within third density incarnation, and our shortest answer would be to say that you would be able to recover that information immediately following your crossing of the gateway of death. Once through that gateway reunited with full consciousness and full communication with your higher self, you would have the unimpaired memory of all that you have been, and indeed all that you would be in the future. Within third density, it is not considered a helpful thing 
to have the full range of information available. It is considered, as you know, much more helpful for a discreet curtain to be drawn over all previous experiences, so that you may hit the particular incarnation in which you are involved running, and give it the serious consideration that it deserves all on its own. The ways of penetrating the veil of forgetting are limited within incarnation. There is the dreaming process, and those who work with dreams are often able to recover memory of past lives, as they gradually find themselves in dream landscapes, which constitute a different environment that begins to have a reality of its own. The most common way that entities are able to recover past life information is the contacting of the deep mind by the conscious mind, which is done in sessions of regressive hypnosis, in which, with the help of a hypnotist, the self is taken back before birth to previous lives, and questions are asked which enable the person to recover some of those memories. May we answer you further, my brother? That gives me plenty to think about. I have nothing else at this time. Thanks. We thank you, my brother. Is there another query at this time? Question? Quote, I don't know whether you're able to respond to this question. The image that I've received upon waking this morning is that a symbol of my need for purification and cleansing. We are those of quote and are aware of your query, my brother. We find ourselves up against the full stop of free will in this matter, my brother, and are not able to offer information except to encourage you to follow the line of thought upon which you have been moving because we feel that you are in a place which has a great deal of material and we encourage you to explore it. Question. Quo, I have just another one, uh, just a few paragraphs long this time. I'm so sorry. For years now, I've been experiencing moments and time periods of, of fuzziness of perception, which slightly blurs the boundaries between dream and reality. As I've heard many others speak of this same experience, it feels as if the solidity of what was formerly a well-defined reality dissolves, and all of a sudden everything in waking consciousness feels literally like a dream. There have been few instances of late in which I was seriously not sure if I actually said or did something in the real world or whether that same memory was the property of a nightly dream. Is this type of fuzziness the result of the incoming fourth density energies and the resultant change in consciousness that they bring, or perhaps as was cautioned against in the Law of One series, these are symptoms of an over-hasty polarization and the twilight state that accompanies such an impatient drive for progress. We are those of Quo and are aware of your query, my brother. We cannot give you one single answer, yes or no, because as we gaze into your pattern, we would say that perhaps two-thirds of those experiences are an artifact of your personality type. You in common with this instrument have a certain absent-minded quality that can create this feeling without there being any resonance or meaning to the happenstance. It simply is a time when you're scattered. There are other times, my brother, when there has been significant shift in your perceptive web because of the intensity of your devotion. In the first instance, two-thirds of the experience, that is, there is no meaning involved. It is simply an artifact of personality. In the remainder of the cases, there is great material that is there and can usefully be mined. So we would suggest that you look for the kind of peculiar resonance that does attend such a shift in consciousness due to devotion. The third possibility which you suggested was that you were experiencing basically a mistake, that you had rushed too much and so forth. And we would ease your mind in that regard, for it is not in either case an artifact of rushing or of trying too hard. Rather, it is a matter of the way that your particular personality has shaped up and the way it handles experiences that it cannot quite encompass with rational thought. Cool beans, thank you, Quo. We thank you, my brother. You truly are a cool bean. This instrument is asking us 
Why in the world we offered that bit of inanity? And we do apologize to the instrument and to everyone else. Laughter. And on that note, we will leave you in the love and in the light of the one infinite creator. It has been such a pleasure to be with you and to share your vibrations. Thank you for asking us. We are those of Quo. We leave you in the love and in the light of the one infinite creator. Adonai. Adonai Vasu. Boragas. And so this concludes these two channelings, which mostly addressed the spiritual path and burnout. I've encountered this kind of burnout along the way, and it's good to have that reminder that it doesn't matter the season that you're in, if it's winter or summer, that you continue your practice, continue your meditations. But they also give an example in the second channeling that there are people that become very excited, as I have to, where you just dedicate yourself all out. You have the time and effort and you give yourself hours and hours of meditation and practice. And that can result in a burnout in which you're left on the side of the road needing balm and healing from this experience. Both things can happen. There is balance in the world. But I've found mostly overall, in most cases in my life, to relate to this, that the burnout I experience is always temporary. I always feel refreshed, inspired, after a little bit of meditation or taking a small break. It's good to give yourself time off. It's good to allow yourself to relax. And the example that they give is Jim just going out, relaxing by that tree and just being with nature and just enjoying that stillness. If you're feeling burnt out over anything, evaluate it within the meditation and you will find answers as to why you're burned out and what you can do to overcome it. Sometimes it's an imbalance in your chakras or it's lack of sleep or maybe you're just doing something that does not give you the joy and love that you would want. And that sort of burnout is a sign or signal that you need to change your reality and move on to something that gives you purpose and allows your heart to sing. So I would love to know if you've experienced this kind of burnout, if you have techniques or practices to overcome it or any knowledge or advice that you can give because as I've said many times the people in this group are all a bunch of ascended masters and I always look forward to your comments you can find all episodes of The Reality Revolution at therealityrevolution.com I would be honored if you checked out my art go check it out you can find the link in the description at www.newearth.art I'm imagining so much wonderful joy, happiness, and love, and opportunities to be of service and to share in the harmony and unity of the Creator. And welcome to the Reality Revolution. <laughs>